1: wherever podcasts are available. IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time powered by How Long to Beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com. Beyond, and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show, covering all the latest and the greatest in the world of PlayStation. Uh, this week, I thought we could take some time to really look ahead to some of the games we're most excited to play. No, I'm kidding. We have so much big PlayStation news to discuss this week. There is a lot going on. A I was lot about to walk. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot to talk about this week, so you know, rather than, than too much of a preamble, first of all, I'm going to introduce the rest of my panel. I'm joined this week by Jada Griffin.
2: Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, Yeah, there's nothing happening in the news. So uh, why are we we doing a podcast?
1: For fun. We're also joined (laughs) this week for all that fun by Mark Medina.
3: Yeah, uh, we got to talk fast, guys. I realize this light is not plugged in and it's already one bar down. So it's about to get spooky if we don't get this going.
1: Uh, Kate, once his light goes out, uh, our producer Kate, if you can just make him have that, like, masked voice thing so that he sounds like he's in <laughs> witness protection, uh, that would be ideal. Yes. Uh, got we're it. Also joined this... <laughs> we're also joined this week by the HD remaster of Matt Kim.
4: Yeah. Uh, video folks, I got a new webcam, and it does 1080p, so I'm shinier.
1: Living in 2010. Does he, have a perf-
3: does he have a performance mode? or? <laughs> it, it does. Just... It does
4: (laughs) 1080p... Uh, in thirty for thirty uh, FPS, or it. does it drops down and then sixty FPS? It actually three
1: hundred and sixty P though.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I don't yeah. like my Mac Cam in anything less than sixty FPS. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, we have a lot of news to dig into this week. I think you know, just for transparency' sake, depending on when you're listening to it this week, uh, we are recording before the Gran Turismo Seven State of Play, as well as what was recently announced this morning, the Ghostwire Tokyo sort of showcase presentation of, of new gameplay that we. Do have some Ghostwire news to talk about, uh, but both of those were recording beforehand, so anything major from those, you know, we'll catch up with next week. Um, but as far as we know, that state of play is just focused on GT Seven, so we weren't expecting any major news, and and you know, we'll touch on things as they happen next week. But we have so much to discuss this week. We want to make sure we had time to to focus on it, and that, of course, is it has been less than a week since the latest acquisition in the world of gaming, and that changes everything. And this time it's a PlayStation 1. Yeah, this week, of course, you've probably seen by now if if you've been following the the gaming news of the week, but Sony announced that they've acquired Bungie, the former originators of Halo and the current developers of Destiny and Destiny 2, obviously, uh, at the moment. Uh, The purchase is happening for $3.6 billion. uh, And just to give some of the details, and, and Matt, I know you guys have been doing a ton of reporting, so just run over me if I say anything incorrect, but uh, as of right now, it's sort of a weird acquisition compared to a lot of the ones we've talked about on the show recently. Uh, They're going to be operating independently of worldwide studios within Sony Interactive Entertainment, so they're not necessarily a worldwide studios studio, but they are a now Sony-owned company. Um, So what this means essentially is is a couple things, but first of all, Destiny 2 will continue to be multi-platform Uh, It's staying across all of its platforms. Bungie has said they're not aiming or looking to change that anytime soon. Uh, they're still planning to make future releases multi-platform as well, and not just make them Sony exclusive. We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit as well, and our thoughts on that. Uh, but in addition to that, you know, they'll be still publishing sort of their their in their own ways. It, it, they'll still have this creative and independence and freedom. But the two sides have talked about it quite a bit in several interviews and things like that. And it seems like it comes down to one: Sony provides them with financial stability and and resources and things that come from being owned by such a major company. Uh, Bungie has said one of the first things they're gonna, you know, prioritize is hiring more people, because they get to do that now under Sony's leadership. Uh, but also interest in expanding what Destiny is, is not just a live service game, but also into different forms of media, and we'll we'll talk about that in a bit as well. Uh, I think the other big thing that this means for Sony, of course, is that, and we'll, we'll talk about this a lot later because we got some other details from Sony, um, You know, Sony is clearly trying to get into more of the multiplayer and live service space, which we've talked about over the last few weeks, and this gives them, I think, one of the most tried and tested examples of that in the industry. With Destiny, you really saw Bungie go through the ringer of, like, what can a live service game be, kind of all of the missteps it can make, and then also the comebacks that can come with that. And so there are so many lessons learned, so much tech developed there, so much industry insight and, you know, veteran leadership and things like that, that this give Sony a leg up in building those things rather than making all those mistakes themselves. So there's, you know, I think a lot of angles to talk about and a lot of interesting things to discuss here with this. Matt, did I miss anything that feels extremely crucial to this deal?
4: <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's pretty much it. You raise all the big points as well as the big, like, questions about what this means uh, going forward. You know, like the fact that Bungie isn't a worldwide PlayStation Studios, right? But they are parallel to them and i and there was a blog post by by herman holst about like sharing resources between his team which includes all of like the naughty dogs and the insomniacs and the and the, and the other ones and then like sharing technology in between these two units so they're really treating bungie as like a parallel entity as opposed to uh a, a playstation studios like team which i think yeah. is, like really interesting
1: Yeah, it's a fascinating example of it, and it it also follows up on something Herman had said to me in an interview last year about Deviation Games, who they're partnering with, who is not owned or, or not, you know... Under PlayStation, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know why my voice cracked like that. Uh, it's, but they are essentially when they make these partnerships with third parties for these exclusives that they're publishing, they essentially get access to all of the dev tools and you know pipeline development things that Sony works with, and so that's a lot of a lot of resources, a lot of well honed stuff from you know decades of work that suddenly a team like that has has access to, and so Bungie gets access to that, Sony gets access to Bungie's tech and technology. It's it's a really interesting partnership and I think has a lot of different implications to it that we can go through. But Mark, I, d- I did want to start with you because I know we've talked a little bit about um, I guess first of all the, the sort of multi platform of it all and, and I know we've discussed a little <laughs> bit. Uh, obviously they're saying as of now, plans continue to be to keep things in their next project multi platform but what does the future hold? What, what do you sort of expect from this deal? Do you anticipate that like, you know, especially in light of the, the Call of Duty conversations we've had what do you kind of think looking forward might happen Mm -hmm. in this
3: case well first off it's pronounced uh bungie short for cowabungie it's a a ninja Uh, Ninja turtles reference sure Um, i gotta go
4: i gotta leave yeah
3: (laughs) not a lot of people know that uh it's weird my gut reaction was of course destiny 2 is going to stay multi-platform why wouldn't it it I think it's illegal for them to suddenly just pull it off of like things like Xbox, right? People have spent money on that game. So I don't think that that's was ever in the back of anybody's mind, but maybe it was. But my gut reaction was, well, Destiny 3 is probably going to be PlayStation. But as this news has trickled out, I'm seeing a lot less of we bought bungie because we want their games to be playstation exclusives and more we want destiny we want that property because we want to make movies and tv shows and we want that they're like world you know world-class cutscene making and stuff like that we want to translate that to movies and stuff and so playstation is looking at it more as we own all these properties we can help them make it better and they can help us make it better it's a lot like death stranding right kojima went on like a road trip tour to go to the other <laughs> studios to find what uh engine he wanted death stranding to run on and it's that kind of partnership is what i'm going to see here is them like you said choosing dev tools and and being able to naughty dog being able to maybe make their cutscenes even bigger using some of Bungie's tools and then you know vice versa so it, it's such a different it's such a different acquisition i think than just you know they're now a PlayStation Studio. I also find it insane that they're saying now we get to hire more people. Nine hundred plus people already work <laughs> at Bungie. That is yeah. a huge studio. So it shows mm-hmm. that they have gaps somewhere. That's nine hundred people working on a game and future games, right? It shows that they want to do more than this, especially since they said, you know, today's the first day we are going to start our journey of becoming a multimedia company. Yeah. Um, it's but it's they- a it's a big get. And I, I think it's a lot different than the the more recent acquisitions we've seen.
1: Yeah. Were you going to yeah, say I something? Think... No, sorry.
3: Yeah, uh, no,
4: sorry. Yeah, no, sorry. We can take turns. I, I just <laughs> had one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, like, honestly, the closest Xbox acquisition I can see this to uh, is Mojang and Minecraft, right? Yeah. Because uh, I know, like, Destiny 2 is kind of a weird, weird thing to compare Minecraft to, but they are both ongoing live service games with years of added on content and expansions, right? And that's Destiny 2's primary model, right? It's free to play now with paid expansions. Um, And I think the, I think, yeah, and I think having this sort of like continuous like revenue generator uh, is good for PlayStation in the same way that like it's better for Minecraft to be on every platform that is available on.
2: Absolutely. no. Hundred percent, and good. I, you know, I was gonna. I agree with that. That was exactly the point I was gonna make. So, thank you, Matt, for you on, know, your HDA upgrade is just uh, <laughs> stealing my thunder. Um, I'm powerful now. He's too fast. <laughs> He's too fast. His processor has increased speed. Um, I was gonna say the. I guess what I'll tack on is, I know some of the community are worried about like raids and other stuff being PlayStation first and coming to Xbox later. I honestly, I don't foresee that type of stuff happening. I do foresee some maybe like some exclusive like custom like uh, armors or ghosts and stuff like that for your character uh, that are like kind of Sony based maybe on PlayStation, but I don't think they're going to really uh, separate the time the time releases on any of the in game content for the next expansions and stuff. I don't personally foresee that happening.
1: Well, I'm I'm reaching back you know like 8 years I guess but I feel like they did that with the first they Destiny did. where there yeah. were PlayStation exclusive and did, people hated but
2: it I th- <laughs> and yeah I think the community hated it and I think Bungie <clears throat> realizes this and I don't think they're going to if they have a say in, in the matter I don't think they're going to let Sony kind of do that mm-hmm. I think they'll, there may be some like I said there'll be some bonuses there'll be some exclusives there'll be some er, some smaller early stuff to PlayStation but I think the core big things will probably still hit both consoles at the same time
1: yeah, it's, it's a really strange scenario because, yeah, as we, as we were all pointing out, like, it is a SIE published thing now and not necessarily – or, you know, owned thing and not necessarily a worldwide studios published thing. But I, I think, like, Mark, to your point of them wanting to be this ambitious multimedia industry company that is already 900 people strong, like, that's bigger than a bunch of Sony studios combined, I think they very much – are looking at Destiny, you know, I think Sony is as a brand that they can now own the like the name recognition to. Like everything is about who do you associate these brands with, and so even if people are playing Destiny on PC or on an Xbox or, um, you know, seeing it as a movie or seeing it as a TV show or reading a book mm-hmm. or whatnot, it is going to have a PlayStation or a Sony logo in there, like somewhere. It's going to be eventually tied back to the ownership of that company, and I think that one creates a fan allegiance, but also just as, as everyone was saying, creates a lot of revenue too. like a crazy amount of revenue is going to come from this. I assume.
3: Counselor. Can I, can I respond to Jada, please? Yes. Um, you have two yeah, minutes. It, two minutes.
1: I, I don't
3: know about the exclusive stuff.
0: I can imagine. I- this episode of podcast beyond is brought to you by Nord VPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue.
3: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
1: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: I can picture that not happening, right? So exclusives Mm -hmm. come from marketing deals. That's not really going to be a thing, right? PlayStation is not going to have a marketing deal with Bungie. They own Bungie, right? So. PlayStation is obviously going to want, if they had their way, everybody would play destiny two on PlayStation, of course. But at the same time, it really doesn't matter for them anymore on the surface where people are playing destiny two, as long as they're playing destiny two and people are buying skins and buying the expansions, PlayStation gets money for that. So I don't, I think that they would stray away from any sort of exclusives in favor of people just being as happy as they can with the game anywhere they play it. And that is my two minutes.
1: I appreciate I, it. I mean I, I timing it. <laughs> you wrote a story about this about how they are like things in development right now will not be PlayStation exclusives. They are not trying to limit their player base. Um even their their new IP that we kind of know is in development from job listings and, and things like that, we is not going to be plat, platform exclusive to mm-hmm. PlayStation, but I think as you wrote, I'm stealing your words, there's flexibility in their wording in the Q&A where it's like, if future games in development will become PlayStation Studios, those will remain plat, mat, multi-platform that isn't to say this will always be the case. So, yeah. like, who knows in the future? I, like, I am sure at some point Bungie will make a game that only comes to playstation and pc players or something mm-hmm. like that i just assume that is an inevitability
4: uh yeah okay a lot lot to unpack so a couple <laughs> things right so yeah. bungie previously once said that uh, they told us i believe in an interview uh, ahead of their 30th anniversary that their goal is to be a multi-franchise studio by 2025 which isn't actually that far right so within in the next three years bungie will have multiple franchises they have one so clearly that just means that they want another one uh and two and like yeah so the wording is currently in development games will not a future future bungie games currently in development will not be playstation exclusive meaning that presumably whatever big new ip that they're currently working on that is currently in development that we know is currently in development will not be a playstation exclusive does that mean you know any potential ip that's not currently being worked on will be will be multi-platform you know who's to say right uh and even then like even if they like fully commit to like multi-platform until the end of time of bungie right like there are other things that they can do right like one of the one of their other goals is to tell new stories within the destiny universe right so like I don't know, a Destiny RTS because Bungie genuinely loves RTS, right? Like yeah. they, they began in that genre and they still love it and from what I hear Halo Wars 1 and 2 are amazing just people just don't play them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like I can imagine like a Destiny spin-off RTS could, you know, be PlayStation exclusive, right? Uh, but uh, another weird thing though is like Bungie spent the last 2 years aggressively being on as many platforms as possible, right? Yeah. Like it used to be just consoles, and there was consoles on PC but through Battle.net, and then they fought really hard to get off of Battle.net, and now they're free to play on, on PC, and now they're on Stadia, which I'm constantly reminded of. Um,
3: <laughs> Four people like, are real happy.
4: <laughs> yeah, right? Like, every every Stadia announcement comes with a, by the way, remember Destiny 2? You can play it on Stadia. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a it's a, a thing where I feel like the company you know sort of like already was on this path of aggressive everywhere in this, right? And you can't just put that genie back in the bottle uh, just because you got bought by uh, Sony.
1: Aggressive expansion, to quote the the Mm. Joker of the Dark Knight. Um, Yeah, it feels like that is definitely something that has been such a clear goal for them, and it would be a shock to see Destiny the game, you know, whether it's Destiny 2 or even Destiny 3, become PlayStation exclusive all of a sudden. I think it would just totally go against what it seems like they've been working on. And I, I think very clearly the fact that they are not under worldwide studios implies this level of freedom and and independence that they're they're aiming for and, and want to sustain. And and I think that's going to again just be mean a more of a revenue driver, more of an association with PlayStation for people who play Destiny. I think at the end of the day it's it, working in those confines. Um but as we said it also means bungie can make movies and tv shows a little bit easier playstation productions is a big thing playstation's been wrapping up we have the or ramping up excuse me we have the last of us show the ghost of tsushima movie the twisted metal tv show i think they've said there's like a dozen projects in development already within playstation productions
3: don't forget about Um, uncharted well (sighs) best thing ever
1: that one doesn't really count. but No,
3: it sure anyway. doesn't.
1: And I, and I want to say that very clearly because I love my boy Tom Holland. That is only because that movie has been in development hell for a decade and has yes. nothing to do with PlayStation Productions, just to be clear. But um, anyway, they have all that going. Obviously, Bungie, as you said, Mark, it's like in the first couple graphs of the Bungie announcement, they want to be more than a game world. They want to be... I think they want to be a Star Wars or a Star Trek or a MCU. Like, they want Destiny to have that cultural cachet. And having a partner who makes films, not just a PlayStation, but Sony Pictures, Mm -hmm. uh, who has a huge music arm and can probably, you know, have big artists come in to do music for the game or the world or the TV show and the movie and whatnot, to have all of this at your fingertips as part of the company you work for is probably very alluring for them. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, um, in a world where where things like Arcane and Vox Machina exist, and they're, they're TV shows that people are absolutely loving, and the big thing everybody keeps saying is you don't need to be a Critical Role fan to like Vox Machina. You don't have to play League to know what's going on in Arcane and enjoy it. I can imagine this world where Destiny gets a Netflix series, and people are like, oh, this is weird. And they're like, no, no, it does not matter if you play Destiny. Like, yeah. your this series is awesome.
1: Well, it also helps
4: that Destiny is genuinely cool, like lore-wise.
1: I—that's yeah. what people tell me to try to get me into it because I'm—I've—I'm not always the biggest multiplayer shooter fan because uh, I suck. But everyone's like, "Yeah, the way their lore is wild," and so I—I I should probably get into Destiny now. Um, but has yeah, some I, of the
3: best gunplay in a first-person mm-hmm. shooter to ever exist. It is well, so good. <laughs> w- w-
1: will it make me better?
3: <laughs> no.
1: Okay oh, then, fair enough. Uh, but and then, as we've <laughs> said, I think the other big thing here is that Sony now, as I was saying, gets access to one of the biggest live service stories of all time, one of the biggest live service you know uh, platforms that has really gone on in the world of gaming, outside of the battle royale space, I'd say. Um, and you know, Sony clearly wants to be making inroads into that space. Uh, A lot of their partnerships recently have been uh, Firewalk Studios is going to be a multiplayer game. Haven Studios is doing a game with live service stuff. We know London Studio, the Blood and Truth and Getaway devs, is making an online PS5 exclusive. Uh, Naughty Dog is working on a multiplayer game. This is obviously something PlayStation really wants to build up and care about. And we even got word overnight from an earnings call that Sony is aiming to have 10 new live service games by 2026. I feel like, I don't know about all of you, but getting the knowledge and the technology from bungie to be able to work with or just to learn from means you you probably erase years of trial and error of trying to get those Mm -hmm. things right
3: yeah uh go ahead matt i'll go after you
4: (laughs) so yeah i'm sorry Uh, not to like uh, yeah absolutely right like destiny 2 absolutely a success in the live service space right Quality expansion stuff like that. At the same time, there there's some weirdness about Destiny Two as a live service game, right? Like they like not in this space. They're one of the few big names that like uh, archives major chunks of content for some reason, which mm-hmm. I never really understood, right? But yeah, uh, I could. I mean, you know, Destiny Two came out in 2014, so honestly, it could just be just be that. But I'm not really sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, but yeah, absolutely. Like they know how to get people hooked and into the game. Uh and follow, and following along with like Destiny Two's like news cycle, uh, it does feel like uh like there is something about the studio that's that does like put out a lot of like apologies to the community after major <laughs> updates, right? Like yep. there are a portion like I believe they finally answered the player request of like uh what is it, glams, you know, being able to customize armor, but they did it in a way where like a couple weeks later they're like, Hey, we heard your feedback, we're gonna change the way that we launched this you know, big thing that you guys really requested. So I don't know. Like I feel like Destiny two still sort of like stumbles at times, but like mm-hmm. as a as a whole, it's still like a unqualified success in the live service space.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. um I, w- I was gonna say I think Oh, I don't think this comes from Jason Schreier's reporting. Is Anthem's big stumble was that Bioware was not allowed to look at what Destiny does, right? They they and that's why that game came out in the state that it did, which proves that Destiny, you know, they figured it out, right? And. So it kind of makes sense that Sony would just be like, yo, let's not try to copy that. Let's just buy this (laughs) because they are just so ahead of every other like kind of live service game like this. Look at Avengers. Avengers was nowhere near the level that destiny two is so it it's a it's a smart acquisition it's also a weird thing to think about with their their we want to launch 10 live service games by the year 20 what was it 25 26 26, it's such it's such a strange thing right because game pass is all about business right they're all about getting recurring revenue it's an awesome service but the bottom line for xbox is is recurring revenue making sure people are paying monthly for this service and so it's kind of funny i know playstation is working on spartacus so they are working on their own like competitor for it but it's funny that they're taking this different approach where they're like instead of worrying about making a complete game pass competitor we're going to make money this way because it, it, it becomes less about a competition of you have this so we want this it's you're making money this is how we're going to make money mm. Yeah. And I imagine that it will pay off for them because live service games, they, they do make a lot of money.
1: <laughs> it's um, Daniel Ahmad, uh, an industry analyst, put out a lot of stuff overnight of their their earnings call. And of the last fiscal year, a third of the money they earned was from... DLC, microtransactions, subscriptions like that, and Sony doesn't really have a thing first party that they can make money from like that on a consistent basis. So it's like, if that's a third of their revenue already through just like partnerships and, you know, third party things, imagine what that'll be if they, if if even two of those 10 games succeed, like not every Mm -hmm. one of them is going to be a huge thing, but it's like if even a handful of them make it, that is a lot of revenue that can generate over time and like uh, i I think you know we say this on the show a lot sometimes but it's like at the end of the day these are businesses designed to make money we -hmm. want their experiences to be good and creative and fulfilling and interesting and and spark us in a way that makes us care about them but the companies also know they need to make money to keep doing that and so
2: i also think it's smart that they're going about doing it this way because there's it could have been so easy for them to do a games as a service and take a franchise that we love like a horizon and uncharted a last of us Ratchet, whatever. I'll keep, you know, there's so many franchises. They could have tacked on games as a service stuff and done like a spin off for those games. And we probably would have been like, oh, this is okay, but I really hate the games as a service model for this game. It doesn't make sense. So it makes a lot more sense for them to generate new IPs and buy one that gives them that access to making that money to keep making these amazing single player experiences and keep them kind of their own self. Um, And I mean R and D for games is expensive. It takes a long time to research and develop these tools and build engines and stuff for these types of things. It's it's another that's another benefit they're getting from Bungie with Destiny and everything. Like they get access to all that stuff. You said it earlier, so but yeah. you know, R and D is, is not cheap.
1: Well, and I, I think you made a really great point there. That's worth emphasizing for people who like maybe don't like live service games who are listening to this or watching this. It like Sony is not going to stop making the games that we know Sony for. They're not going to suddenly be like, well, uh, Horizon and and Last of Us and Spider Man are all multi- like multiplayer live service free to play games. We might get spin-offs, kind of like what you were saying, Jada. I, like I think mm-hmm. the whatever factions became, if it's set in the Last of Us universe, I think might be sort of the first example of that. But they're not going to stop making the franchises we know or the types of stories they want, but those games are ridiculously expensive and aren't, you know, monthly generators of, of revenue in the way that a game like Destiny is or a, a Fortnite or a thing like that. So this allows them to have both. And like you said, they don't have to spend a decade trying to build it up and learning from all those problems, which is kind of on the flip side what Xbox did when they acquired so many studios with beloved storied franchises. Xbox really only had like Halo and Gears and they were kind of in a downturn at the the start of the Xbox One, you know, uh, generation. So they just bought companies that have beloved IP and that was a smart move because it meant they didn't have to spend a decade trying to build new things up. They just had those. And this is something similar, but on like a technology and revenue side. It's... Yeah. It's interesting to see them going about the same things in, in different ways.
3: Can, um, can I just say, like, how much yeah. that would ruin those franchises trying to do something like that? Mm-hmm. And the thought of it just makes me cringe so bad, right? Because, like, Ubisoft is has been going down that road for a long time. And, the, yep. you know, like, Ghost Recon Breakpoint was ruined because of microtransactions. That game launched yeah. with XP boosters, right? And I love Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but the moment you get to that vendor where he's like, my stuff changes weekly, make sure to do these challenges, I was like, oh no, Like, I don't want this in my like single-player type of games. A- a- and the thing is, is this exists, right? Fallout is one of the most beloved franchises of all time and they tainted the name of that franchise by putting out fallout 76 fallout 76 is a a, a lot better place now right but that is not what people wanted with fallout and it it has found an audience i am one of them i have like 300 (laughs) hours in that game but like no people adore it now yeah yeah when you think of fallout it does have a little bit of like bad taste in your mouth because you think of Fallout 6, right? I, I cannot wait for something like Fallout 5 or some sort of spinoff to come out to bring that franchise back because right now the 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 Fallout Twitter account is just a Fallout 76 Twitter account. And that that is <laughs> well, something that I feel like is is going to damage them long-term when it comes to that franchise. Well,
1: and I, I think to your point about that and to what Jada was saying as well, like, this means they don't have to do that. Like, if they're making yeah, exactly. all these live service games, they don't have to do that, but they can still introduce interesting multiplayer stuff. Like, I think part of the regi- reason... Ghost of Tsushima Legends was so well received, aside from being mm-hmm. really, really good, is that it was a free add-on if you owned the game. There were not microtransactions with it. It was just like here's a really cool, bespoke multiplayer mode that didn't try to be more than what it was. It wasn't trying to like get you into spending money in this crazy ecosystem. Like, I, I would love to see more things like that from from the PlayStation franchises we know. I think if they tried a Horizon thing like that, I think if they tried to... I mean, I, I loved Unturned in Multiplayer for what it was. It was light, but it was fun. Like, I think if they mm-hmm. tried more things like that, I'm fine with that. But this allows them to both do that, make the games we love, and also create these live service games that make a lot of money and do get people really invested in them. So it's... In- Go ahead.
2: Sorry. Sorry. I didn't. I thought you were thought you no. were ending. I jumped in early. I apologize. Uh, no, I totally agree. I, how cool would it be to do a Horizon multiplayer where you can build up your own person from a, one of the different tribes, the Karja, the Nora, different types of things, and you go out and hunt monsters like a la Monster Hunter type style where you're hunting these like giant, yeah. you know, you have these different machines that you're hunting. That would be so cool if, as a multiplayer added experience. Um, and, and, you know, there's. I was just going to say
1: they don't have to now charge us for every piece of armor you take off a machine. Exactly, (laughs) they could just make a cool mode. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a really, really exciting potential for that. For what this means, I think for the business of it all. But there is another, uh, you know wrinkle to it that I do think we absolutely need to discuss um, even though obviously we've talked a lot about the show on the show about how like hey the conglomeration uh, and bundling up of the industry into just a few major players and all that consolidation can be worrying in a lot of a lot of ways but it's going to keep happening it seems because Jim Ryan said we are going to continue making purchases like this is not the last one um, Jim Ryan I believe mm-hmm. specifically said that Sony has many more moves to make Uh, and talked about Sony's ambitions to grow its live services and grow beyond PlayStation's quote, historic console heartland. And I love the idea of just like a prairie where PlayStation's (laughs) roam free. Uh, But he said, I've been on record talking about increasing the size of the PlayStation community and expanding beyond our historic console heartland. This can take many forms, Jim Ryan said, uh, in in an interview with industry, gamesindustry.biz excuse me. Uh, We are starting to go multi-platform. You've seen that. We have an aggressive roadmap with live services and the opportunity to work with and particularly learn from Um, the brilliant and talented people from Bungie, that is going to considerably accelerate the journey we find ourselves on. Um, And so, yeah, it is this is going to be a thing we're going to be talking about as much as I think we are reticent to see the games industry become PlayStation versus Xbox versus Tencent versus Nintendo versus the Embracer group, I guess. They have like 500 companies. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that is a worrying future, but we know that Sony is going to keep making these moves. And I'm curious who you all think they're would make a good fit, who you think they might go for at this time. I have a few thoughts, but I also don't want to steal anyone's thunder. But Mark, I do want to start with you because you wanted to leave this as a mystery for us. You did not want to tell us your guess. Scott has got
3: overblown. We do our planning show, and I was like, I, I have a guess. It's not that big of a deal. And I was like, who is it? They were like, who is it? And I'm like, Well, I'll talk about it on the show, and now it's this, like, big mystery. (laughs) Uh, I think a very easy guess is that they'll try to scoop up uh, MiHoYo, just because Mm -hmm. Genshin has already been exclusive console exclusive to playstation its entire existence right like there's the story of the the dude who smashed his ps4 when that game got unveiled because it was like this is a breath of the wild ripoff and so he'd like that was his protest and now the game is super popular and makes tons of money for that company and playstation right it's also on mobile and pc so it, it would not surprise me if if they're going the live service route you're, you acquire a Japanese company that's already a live service game that's already exclusive. Shuhei uh, already plays this game.
1: Not not to bug you, but uh, Chinese owned company actually.
3: Oh okay okay
1: yeah. Uh, and and Sh- I, I Shuhei's a big fan. That's that's
3: yeah. that's my most Twitter uh, Twitter interactions I get with him is, <laughs> is, is when we is when we're talking about Genshin Impact. Hi Shuhei. Um, yeah <laughs> yeah no also. I, you know anime is so popular so I can imagine you know these characters are like super fleshed out sometimes and they have all these cool reveals and they have all this backstory when they get introduced this is Hu Tao she is the greatest character to ever exist ever and uh, (laughs) I can imagine them trying to make some sort of Genshin Impact anime right like why wouldn't they 100% that Yeah, is such
2: a good guess like I totally that one went under the radar for me like I didn't even think about Genshin but that is such a smart choice
1: also a company not owned by tencent as far as i'm aware so it's it's kind of up up there i mean playstation is making a very big push in china they are like Mm
2: -hmm. uh, i
1: think again daniel ahmad has shown a lot of sort of like the ps5 launch stuff they've been doing they're really big advertising pushes there and genshin has been a massive game for playstation so that is yeah hats off to you mark i really did not even consider (laughs) that and that is a really really (laughs) good pick I did um, it, <laughs> Matt. I don't know if you have one because I know we we asked you after our, our planning meeting if you have any guesses. But if you do,
4: uh, yeah. I, so, uh, the one that I sort of okay, well, okay. So the one that I thought <laughs> for like the longest time up until the Bungie announcement uh, this week was that the only real studio that I feel like it's in with like PlayStation Studios mold of. Cinematic third person, sort of like narrative driven games, was Take Two, right? It was for Rockstar specifically, right? Uh, and also the bonus of getting NBA 2K as a result, right? Uh, along with like Bioshock and a bunch of other things. But like in terms of like cinematic AAA experiences, I sort of really just sort of gravitated to Take Two. Uh, but it's true. Like they already have a bunch of studios that do that. Take Two makes ginormous amounts of money, right? Uh, <laughs> to the point where. Uh, I feel like they are maybe one of the few studios that can relatively be—I mean, who knows anymore? But like, they're one of the few studios that can really sit out this whole like acquisition war that's been like growing. Uh, but yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it, yeah, maybe it is like miHoYo. Maybe it's something. Maybe it's something more attainable, but something like as equally like big in a in a sort of spot that PlayStation does not have current uh, studios for. Right. Like they're trying to plug in gaps. So I don't know. That was my guess is, you know, like, oh, Rockstar game is not far from move from, you know, uh, a Naughty Dog game at this point, but you know, maybe that's not what they're looking at. Maybe they're like, we already have those. We already have a Naughty Dog. We already have an Insomniac. We need something else.
1: No, totally. I mean, I I think Take Two is a really interesting one on both sides, especially because their recent like acquisition of Zynga has also been one of the biggest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gaming acquisitions in history. And so it's like, what do they do? They see themselves as standing apart and not needing to be acquired because that's at least sort of what we got from uh, during the EA earnings calls. EA seems to think of itself as a company that acquires other things, not a company waiting to be acquired under a bigger mm. umbrella. So, yeah, it's I'm I'm curious to see where Take-Two places into all of this, especially now that they have this giant mobile arm with Singa. Um, but, Jada, what, what about you? Is there anyone who really comes to mind as, like, you think would fit into the PlayStation group, either filling a gap or continuing along, someone you're interested in seeing join PlayStation Studios?
2: So, again, I'm against all this consolidation, but... Yeah. Sony did make a big purchase. I believe it was last year when they bought Evo, they bought the Evo tournament. Mm-hmm. So, and they, Sony doesn't currently have any big fighters that are made by an in-house studio. So I think if they're gonna go after these kind of smaller studios that are specific to um, technology and style, like doing games in areas they don't have, I think we're gonna see companies like an Arc System Works um, that does like Guilty Gear, and uh, they did Dragon Ball Fighters. Uh, they've got a couple other ones I can't think of off the top of my head. But Arc System Works, I think, is, is primed for that kind of acquisition. Uh, Iron Galaxy Studios, which did Dive Kick, um, which is, if you don't know that, it's literally a fighting game where you just literally kind of dive kick to win. <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting, very simplistic, but fun. Um, but yeah, I think that's the route that Sony's going to go. I think they're going to go with kind of shoring up talent to fill up their, for to make Evo even a bigger thing that's them. I, you know, ideally they would go after a Capcom or a Bandai Namco that has like Tekken or a Street Fighter, but I don't think those bigger companies are at a point where they need to be purchased or come under the Sony umbrella. And I think it's better for the industry if they don't. But a smaller company like an Arc System Works, I think is perfect. I think it's a perfect fit for um, the Sony umbrella um, because their games are super stylish. If I remember right, Guilty Gear Zerd, uh, which was the previous one to strive was only on PlayStation and PC if i remember right i think it might have came to Xbox later down the road but it was on PlayStation first for a while um but yeah i think this is just i think that's that's my pick i think it's yeah. the the way they the next one that's
4: uh, jada uh, yeah. i 100% agree with you i think Arxis is primed for a, 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 really a takeover call, right? right uh especially given their size my one thing though is like we know Arxis does like Dev for higher work, right? Like that's how you know that yep. they do money because they will make a fighting game for you if you pay them, right? They made the they made the blade, not the place blue, the Grand Blue, Grand mm-hmm. Blue fighting, Grand Blue Fantasy, Grand yeah. Blue Fantasy fighting game, and they're also making the, I the Dungeons and Fighter fighting game that's coming out, right? So they will accept your contract to make you a compelling fighting game. And I kinda yep. like that about them. Like my idea is like <laughs> one day I'll have enough money and I can hire Arxis to make my fighting game. And if they get bought out by Sony, I don't think that can happen anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean that's the worry with these things. Like Jada was saying, it's like if all of these companies get scooped up, big and small, yeah. it limits the potential <clears throat> variety to a certain extent. It means stability and you know financial backing in yeah. a really great way for companies, but it does whittle down sort of the places these things can come from. And yeah, I do think a company like that, though, makes a ton of sense. And I do think if that if they get bought, we will have to have Mitchell Saltzman on the show to just scream for an hour straight as well with you about that. <laughs> um,
3: IGN but... should hire them to make the IGN tournament fighter. That, sh- that, that should be a future episode of Beyond where we do a bracket where who, what IGN staff can just beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> You guys remember? I don't know. I don't know if everyone's here. If everyone was here at the time, but Dornbusch, you should remember when when we did one of those face-off things, and it was like who would win in a fight, and it was just oh, yeah. IGN staff. Oh, it, was yeah. like, it was like it was oh, like was James great. Duggan versus yeah. Miranda Sanchez. Uh, <laughs> James I think Duggan's I arms Miranda. are the size of tree trunks, but I think Miranda was like at the top. Yeah, like I think in Miranda. the final Miranda bracket, the it was like yeah. Miranda was at the top, and like Tom Marks was. was super high and i'm like tom marks like, oh yeah
1: what? i think it's because we all know tom is is hiding a, a rage deep within him there is a clear <laughs> his bow tie
3: you know, <laughs> detaches and becomes two daggers
1: <laughs> exactly yeah he is he is very clearly someone who's like ready to go to the super saiyan level but is holding it for like the opportune yeah. moment we, um, we would play
3: that in the carpool and i'm like oh sorry mitchell i just got mitchell and you know <laughs> Someone stronger high. than Mitchell. I don't
1: know. <laughs> um, yeah. It's,
3: well, I'm blanking.
1: You know, I think what would be better suited for a PlayStation show than to talk mm. about who's tougher at IGN? <laughs> who's the <laughs> toughest? Um, I mean, when it comes to like game skill, I think if we were doing a bracket on that, Jada, you would wipe the floor with all of us. Um,
2: he I, said it, not me. I, it's
1: 100%. <laughs> I my strong feeling. If we ever go toe-to-toe in a multiplayer game, I'm not expecting to win at all. I will be happy to get a point
3: I, on the I point. sure didn't. She beat me at the dodgeball game.
2: <laughs> it, that is know, true. You know, it's funny. I, uh, I've never played it since. Uh, my first interaction with IGN prior to starting with the company, this was like five, six years ago, was in a tiki bar. And I was hanging out with some friends of IGN people and I was in an arm wrestling contest with this person. And I was just literally this arm wrestling contest went on for so long that I didn't end up like talking with many of the IGM people that I was hoping to, like, meet and network with. <laughs> That's amazing. and I was like, I was playing around the whole time with the person I was arm wrestling like because I was like drinking the whole time and just. Like, <laughs>
3: It was Brandon Hunt, wasn't uh, it?
2: Just, just anybody.
3: Say what? Any, any, It was Brandon Hunt, wasn't I was it? No, could no. Be it was no,
2: it was it was a non it was non IGN employee. It's uh, actually that's actually, okay. that's actually
3: so, the interview process. But, you were being <laughs> yes. interviewed at the time. That's. Yes, you, you have to so. beat Pear Snyder and a and then, and then goes and on to our GM contest. and then yeah.
1: yeah arm wrestling match so and then you have to do a pick cross race with him to see who can solve a puzzle faster. That was
2: <laughs> like, tough. So that it's was really tough. so it's like the uh, Street Fighter Worldwide Tournament, but different mm-hmm. events every time you go to a different person. Exactly.
3: Yeah, it, it's like that, process, but it's bizarre. like that, but way more nerdy, if you can believe
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I can, um, but no, I I think all of that makes a lot of sense, and yeah, like Jade, to your point, it is one of those things where it's like we're we're talking about it because we know it's going to happen and i think it's just sort of a inevitability at this point i'm very very curious to see the moves playstation makes in in this space and in this regard because at least so far it doesn't seem like they're interested in gobbling up the the big players but whoever knows with you know i i see people like square enix and capcom get thrown around a ton and obviously like playstation has a very close relationship with square i don't know if square is a company that wants to be purchased in a case like this. Um, You know, it's one of those interesting things where people say it, but it kind of depends where they think their money is best suited. I I think Square makes a lot of sense, but I could also see PlayStation continuing to just make these exclusive partnerships with PlayStation for Final Fantasy games and for, you know, Kingdom Hearts spinoffs or things like that. I think that is just sort of the relationship there, and it seems to be working well for both sides.
3: Um, The the thing I always see on Twitter when when Square gets brought up is, I don't I don't know anything about the financials of either company but I always see that PlayStation wouldn't financially be in a position to make a big purchase like that. Matt maybe you know. I have no idea.
4: Uh yeah, uh Square Enix is again just really big. Right? It's like yeah. I think I've said this last time like Square Enix is not just games, right? Like in Japan yeah. Square Enix owns a bunch of different like non-gaming uh like businesses. They own a publishing house. Uh, I believe they own like resorts around Japan, like tourism like areas, like Square Enix is way bigger than just the people that make Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy accessories. Uh, so it's it's a weird it's a weird purchase and like I think the tapes around it would be weird, right? Like if they just bought Square Enix games, that would involve divesting an entire division that's like core to the company. Yeah. It's I don't know, like feasible like I'm not i not a, a, a I'm not a business lawyer, uh, but but you could uh, be, but I could be. Uh, but yeah, it. Uh, but I knowing Square Enix and like knowing like what their earnings call look like, and it's always funny to me like reading Square Enix's like uh, quarterly earnings, and they're always like, yeah, and our publishing firm did this move, and our merchandising arm did this man uh, this much, and our like our factories that are turning out like. These figurines and all sorts of other things are doing this well. And I'm just like, yeah, that's right. Square Enix is not just Final Fantasy and games, you
3: know? Well, something something a lot of people I don't think know about is I don't think they do anymore. I think Sony has the publishing rights now. But in Japan, Square Enix used to publish Call of Duty, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the kind of like weird thing that people don't expect is they were Call of Duty's publisher since like Call of Duty 4 (laughs) up until – I think very recently, and now Sony publishes it in Japan, and For so that. it's like it, it, it's really a a vast enterprise that's much bigger than we own these. We own Final Fantasy, and you yeah. can just buy us, uh, and now you have that.
1: <laughs> and and that's the same thing with Konami, which I think also gets brought up a ton. Where it's like yep. Konami also does health. And fitness things, and and runs yeah. gyms, and sells water bottles, and and all these different, you know, corporations. I guess they could spin off their gaming companies, but mm-hmm. one, they seem kind of interested in coming back. It seems, and mm-hmm. so I, you know, we've seen the reports of allegedly like Castlevania, Metal Gear, and uh, Silent Hill. From I think VGC reported that they're all in some sort of states of of comebacks. That seems like something. Got a new Yu-Gi-Oh! We did, which I've heard people really like. I need to give that it's a try. It's actually really good.
2: It's really um, good.
1: I miss Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, but yeah, like that's a thing where I think Konami kind of wants to control that all still. Otherwise, they probably would have been making licensing deals a lot earlier while they just let those wonderful franchises sit for years at a time. Um, so I, I don't know if they would just sell off those arms. I think a really interesting one right now... Um, and i know it's like a news story that we'll be covering probably in the in the months to come but there's that weird sort of question again of can wb games be spun off and sold because that was the thing that came up last year um at is spinning off warner media again to discovery so there's the chance for things to be sold off again uh and jaden like to your point of sony looking for a, a fighting game Later. mortal kombat makes sense Yeah, NetherRealm because they
2: get they get NetherRealm in that.
1: They get NetherRealm. It would be weird if they somehow bought the whole thing and then suddenly they're publishing Marvel and DC games. That would be a very weird time for I think gamer brains. But (laughs) uh, it it feels like a company that at least that studio in specific makes sense. Um, but we'll obviously see what Discovery and AT and T think is the value of doing that because that was a big thing where it was like they thought it was going to be worth it, and then I Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost seemed like all the reporting around how excited people were about a- like WB games mm-hmm. made AT and T go like, no, actually, we want to hold on to this. They're very lucrative. Don't don't take them, please.
4: Uh, yeah, that one was a real really weird fun news day because I think an actual WB a uh, comms person uh, put out a statement saying that they are exploring potential spinoffs and then no one could track that comms person like different <laughs> outlets were like we've been trying to get the same statement and no one's been telling us who said this or why and so I think it was one of those like big chaos moments where you know because the big news wasn't actually about WB Games it was that AT&T was selling Warner Media to Discovery exactly. yeah. which was the biggest thing of the day and as us, as enthusiast press, who, you know, covered the Warner media news, but also covered the game news, uh, we're focusing on the small thing that I'm almost 100% certain that War- WB was not thinking about at the time. <laughs> like, they yeah. had bigger concerns on their minds.
1: Exactly. Uh, It's it's a weird space, and and WB is going to have a big year. You know, we did just, right before the show happened, uh, Bloomberg reported that Suicide Squad killed the Justice League is apparently delayed till 2023, but Warner Brothers still has three big games this year with Lego Star Wars, Gotham Knights, and Hogwarts Legacy, plus, you know, the Wonder Woman game coming up and, and some other stuff. So it's like, they have a pretty busy slate on their hands of presumably whatever Netherrealm's next fighter is. Um, they have a busy slate. I don't know if they're interested in selling off all that potential profit, or they see the benefit of a quick cash changing of hands as all of these companies are trading hands to. It's weird, but I think also shows that this crazy consolidation world and acquisition world is happening not just in gaming, it is happening in movies and TV, too. It's, it's happening mm-hmm. everywhere, and it's a weird, strange time. To be covering all that stuff, I think we've you know joked on on the show in the past weeks, but after the cu- past couple deals, I don't wake up surprised anymore because anything seems like it can happen.
3: <laughs> yeah, when the Bungie thing happened, I remember being like, "Oh my god, this is insane!" And then I was like, "Oh man, we have to talk about this again." Man,
1: <laughs> it's not as insane as the last major acquisition <laughs> two weeks ago. That's kind of where we're at. But it's, now. it's-
3: four times as insane as the. Fortnite no,
1: <laughs> It's Yeah, the, the math on what's crazier in the acquisition world basically gets us to a point where it's like, wow, this is just going to keep happening. And obviously, if and when Sony continues to announce acquisitions, both big and small, we'll cover them on the show. But uh, there are a few other. Uh, news stories I do want to touch on very briefly before we move on Uh, just as a heads up to everyone Discord integration is finally happening with PlayStation they announced this I think last year uh, that PlayStation had sort of invested a a small bit of stock in Discord and then uh, minority stake and then uh, there would finally be PlayStation integration with Discord so it's starting to roll out in the US you can connect your Discord account to your PlayStation account Um, I think there are intentions to have some Discord integration into PlayStation was sort of what they alluded to last year here, but we're just sort of seeing the first steps of it right now. But that's happening. Go check your account. You might be able to link them. And get more out of it soon so you don't have to switch through 12 programs to talk to your friends while you play games.
2: Mine just uh, popped up. I just mine, I checked mine like, when the story nice. broke and it wasn't there. And I just checked Discord now. It's there. I can link it.
3: I should do I, the same. I, I heard the big thing about it is that like then now it, cause Steam already has this. It, it'll show your Discord friends what you're playing when it comes to PlayStation.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it.
3: I don't like that at all, so I will not be doing that because
1: I'm, yeah. Th-
3: there's so many times we get games early, and they're like, you have to like hide your account, you have to put it in offline mode. I I don't want external things knowing what I'm playing, and me having yeah. to like go like system wide to make sure it doesn't say that I'm playing a certain game. So it's, yeah, it's, I
1: just I can't let all my Discord friends know I'm playing Uncharted Five right now. That would just be cruel. So
3: exactly, to, it's exactly. Just not right. They'll lose so, it. Nathan Drake dies in the first minute.
1: Oh, right, no. You guys, did you
4: guys get a <laughs> did you guys get a copy of Sound Hill 420 like I did or is that
1: Oh yeah, I got it's it a 420?
4: really
2: nice really yeah. big package. Yeah, there
4: was yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. A I lot of
2: Vermont to go with it. I didn't get those. Oh. All I got was the Sly Cooper 5. Ah. <laughs> uh. What a
1: bummer! What a bummer these fake That's games are. <laughs> God, please let there be a Sly Cooper in the future. Anyway, uh, to move on with the news, also uh, as we were mentioning, there was a uh, you know financial earnings overnight uh, while before we were recording this, and PlayStation's whole fiscal year came out. We got a lot of uh, you know follow up statements about the Bungie acquisition, their intention for further acquisitions, and things like that. But we also got new numbers about the PS5. Uh, lifetime sales. It is so far, and uh, again, just a, a wonderful shout-out to Mark for putting all of this in the run of show while I was busy. Hopefully
3: I got the numbers right. I, uh,
1: PlayStation you know. has sold 70 gazillion PS5s, this is what I wrote, so I don't, I don't think... Sounds I, think, I think my cat
3: may have stood on my keyboard. <laughs> it it's just amazing. says seven and then zeros for 50 pages.
1: <laughs> uh, no, PlayStation has sold 17 million PS5s as of the end of 2021. Uh, mm-hmm. That's... Um, Better than the we use lifetime sales at thirteen million, but it is below their expectations for the p s five. and they have actually downgraded the the plans for for the year. and they're they're essentially saying that's due to chip shortages. It is not a like man, the p s five really isn't of interest to people. They literally cannot make enough to sell them is their problem. Uh, and PlayStation said,, yeah. they will hope to make it up in the future. They say they expect once these chip shortages, if they do as planned, kind of subside um, in the coming year or two. They do think they'll be able to make that up, but they literally cannot make enough PS5s to sell to people right now. And that is a weird place to be when it should be good news that they're selling so well and selling out, but it is like, but we could be selling more.
3: Yeah, it's, it's 2022. And the fact that like finding a PS5 is still the most like super difficult is super funny i i I watched a tiktok the other day and it was it was these uh people they worked in like a walmart and they were just like doing this like talking thing you know how tiktoks do but they uh at one point you see a ps5 in the background just sitting on the shelf i instantly went to the comments and people are like yeah we don't we don't care anything about what this video is about Where in America is there just a PS5 on the shelf? Like, Something's up because they don't call any attention to it, nothing. You just see it just sitting on a Walmart shelf and people are like, yeah, I I don't care about this TikTok at all. Where where is this happening? Where are PS5s? Because I've never seen one. I go into my Target and I kind of always look and there's controllers and I almost always see an Xbox Series S. I've never seen an X or PS5 and and I live in a more rural part of California where – I was able to just walk into GameStop and buy a uh, Switch OLED, right? So it's like it's not as insane here as as when I lived in the Bay Area, but yeah, super weird that it's 2022 yeah. and you still cannot get these.
2: And and I wonder if they they have other technology that uses these same chips that it might be beneficial for them to in the short run, like slow down production on something else and then ramp up PS Five to build that install base. Well, like I'm curious if they have other technology that uses those chips.
1: I mean, I feel like the the problem is that they're in competition with so many other companies for those chips. Yep. I I oh, think for if they, sure. yeah, I think if they did, they probably would at this point, but no, I totally like I it seems like they want to find a solution and it literally is just kind of to wait. Um, but Sony CFO uh, Hiroki Totoki in the uh, earnings call said that the company hopes they're able to catch up from the short-term impact of these shortages saying, quote, we are working closely with our partner companies supplying us with components, collaborating, negotiating, and working with them closely. We hope we can make that happen. But in terms of PS5, I think it's safe to say that we will continue to have supply disruption in terms of the components globally because of the distribution problems and so on. So we can't say for sure what is exactly the demand for the next year. You know, they've revised down their, their sales expectations and things, but it's Mm. a, Yeah, it's a weird time where PlayStation is doing well, but it could be doing better. And it's going to be very interesting to see what the lack of being able to get these systems out to people means, you know, three or four years down the line. Um, Steam Deck this month, though, baby, let's go! So, hey, you can play God of War on the go, finally. Yay, Vita 2 is out. Give me a Vita Woo. 2, damn it. Um, this is it. <laughs> I know, it basically, basically is. But yeah, we uh, with those sales numbers, yeah, the, it's it's something that unfortunately we are still going to probably see PS5 shortages, obviously, and luckily for us, you know, some of the big games we're going to be talking about this year, Horizon, God of War, uh, are cross-platform, and so PS4 players are not going to be left out a lot of the discussions going forward into the year. There's obviously going to be a lot to talk about. We will talk about those PS5 exclusives as they come up but know that we are not you know suddenly leaving the ps4 community behind as this happens uh but it's an interesting time for that and uh you know we are going to see speaking of PS5 exclusives. I mentioned the Suicide Squad delay. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo got its release date leaked twice, I think it's fair to say, in the last week, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, but that's coming March 25th. That is a PS5 exclusive, uh, also coming to PC. There's going to be, as I said, a showcase for it later this week, so you can see some of the gameplay and whatnot, uh, but its its release date kind of got leaked in like the YouTube description for that. Merch. Same day as Tiny Tina. Oh, yeah. God, we're going to be busy I'm- in March.
2: I'm kinda surprised it's coming so I'm surprised and not surprised we're getting it so early. Um like I felt like it's been so like nebulous with like the information they've given us on it. Like I feel like it's I've only seen the one maybe two trailers and like we're it's out in a month. Like a month and a half basically at this point. And it's just kinda crazy to me. It blows my mind. Um but I'm looking forward to it. It looks really just uh weird and I love weird games. Yeah
1: it's it's one that i really dig the like tone and vibe and and style that they went with the evil within Mm -hmm. this looks very different from that but also still weird and spooky and out there and i hope it's really good i hope it's an exciting one for us to have but yeah march february is massive march is now getting busier the first half of this year i tweeted about it but for playstation you know between ps4 and ps5 with release dates the uncharted legacy of thieves collection horizon sifu Now, Ghostwire Tokyo, Gran Turismo 7, Forspoken, and that's just in the first, like, six months. So, it's a busy year. We're going to have a lot to talk about. It's really, really fun and exciting. Uh, But moving on from there, in terms of other potential things to make these next month or two busy, uh, Mark, I did want to bring this one up because I know you had spotted it. Uh, The Cyberpunk 2077 PS5 version sort of maybe got leaked on the PlayStation Store coming in February or March
3: yeah that's it, it's just something that happened there's new key art that they they didn't intend to show i i know they're eventually what the leaks have been that this is basically a soft reboot for the game it's gonna be called cyberpunk 2077 samurai edition it's gonna have a new hud it's gonna have all these new changes right i think the game will largely be mostly the same but that they're eventually going to do some sort of like you know cd project red live stream to unveil and soft reboot the game I, I would imagine that, that that's going to happen sooner than later. Like The Witcher is also imminent this year, but they are feeling a lot more pressure to do Cyberpunk first because rumors are is that when they announce Samurai Edition, they're also going to be announcing the first DLC pack at the same time.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it's a interesting time for, for that game and the comeback, and I'm excited to try it and see what the next-gen version plays like. Uh, I definitely put it aside after a couple hours uh, and, mm-hmm. and hope, you know, uh, I guess more than a year on, almost close to a year and a half, it might might be worth jumping back into, in that case, on consoles. Um but yeah, along with that, just as a heads up, apparently also GTA 5 we're still expecting for <laughs> PS5 in March. So, you know, if you're looking for big open world games you may have missed in the last decade, two of them are coming next month, apparently. That's weird. Yep. Um, moving on from there, uh, just as I mentioned earlier, London Studio confirmed they're working on a PS5 online exclusive. We don't have other details than that. But uh, another studio, I really love Blood and Truth and VR. I hope they still do some PSVR stuff, but exciting to see a new project from them. It's been a while, and I I hope it's something really cool. But uh, other than that, I also just wanted to briefly mention, apparently more spin-offs are coming from Final Fantasy VII. And Jada, I mostly just wanted to ask you, are you afraid we're never going to get Remake Part (laughs) 2?
2: No, I think we're going to... I think they're going to announce Remake Part 2 this year. I think we're getting an announcement that it's going to drop next year in 2023. That's my prediction. We're getting Part 2 in 2023. Um, I just hope we get a Vincent... uh, Intermission DLC like we did with Yuffie, and I just want it to be the entire Dirge of Cerberus game from the PS2 remade. <laughs> just a small ask. I just want that entire game remade into an intermission, like four to five chapter experience for Vincent that leads up to where you find him in Final Fantasy 7 What if that is that's just part I want. two? What if part two I've, is just? I part mean, I'm totally fine if it's just all Vincent all the time. That's totally good with me. Let's God, see God. That
1: knowing kingdom hearts that feels like such a nomura thing to do where part two would actually not be a continuation of part one and then it ends with them meeting up and part three is all a continuation of part one that god that might happen i uh. but yeah but, <laughs> i
2: mean but the the thing is we know we if you finish the intermission dlc for remake you yeah have a really good idea of where they're going to start remake chapter two which town that it's going to start at because it's it looks like it's going to start in a very specific town that I won't spoil because if you haven't finished the intermission DLC, go finish it because the end cutscene is amazing. It is one of the best deals like cutscenes in the entire game and DLC.
1: I've finished the DLC, but I never played Final Fantasy VII, so I have no idea what the town is. Should be fun for me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. um, moving on from there, though,
1: I did want to spend some time to talk about uh, what we're playing, or at least what some of us are playing, because Jada, you've been playing a little bit of the biggest release uh, of this week in February as we get through Dying Light 2, Stay Human
2: is the subtitle? Yeah, I think it's just Dying sure. Light 2, but yeah, like the Stay Human, I, I think it's just kind of like their tagline. I can't tell if it's like it's
1: a it is. Ghostbusters... Answer the call, like when the, the Ghostbusters reboot added <laughs> yeah. answer the call at the end because they wanted to differentiate it. I don't know. Anyway, Dying Light Two, you've played a bit of it. Obviously, we have a review uh, up on IGN, not not done by you, but you've you've gotten I think the most time of it of anyone on the show. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts about it. the,
3: yeah, the cover broke. Probably... Sorry, the cover says no, "Stay Human." I just I didn't want our entire comment section to be like, no yeah. One isn't.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I think no, that is sure. the
3: name of it. Sorry, go it might ahead. <laughs> be.
2: No, I think it's I. Th- I think it's a little bit of both. It's a tagline. It's a subtitle because, like, the whole thing about it, like, you know, uh, similar to the first dying light, you're infected, so you're trying to stay human is kind of the whole point of the game. Um, I'm about probably like ten hours or so in. Um, haven't been able to test out the co-op because I think that just went live this morning with a patch. Um, so I'm excited to see what that kind of looks like because the single player has been kind of like. Eh, the story's kind of it is what it is um, I do like some of the characters the parkour is the best it's ever been I felt like the first time I was when I was playing the first Dying Light there were so many times where I jumped to a ledge and it just he just wouldn't grab the ledge and I would just like plummet you know I was my nickname in Dying Light 1 was Jada Iron Ankles Griffin um, because <laughs> I would just I would fall so fast and like you know sometimes I'd survive most times I wouldn't um, but Dying Light 2 I haven't really had that issue at all which is really great um they changed up the stamina meter so you can't just like kind of attack non-stop uh like you could like in the first one you could just kick for days to keep the zombies back now kicking takes a huge chunk of your stamina and you have to upgrade your stamina a lot more um as you go through it um but i think probably my favorite part is because you are infected you have a time limit for time you can you can stay outside of the sun so anytime you're not in you're not feeling those uv lights from the sun or a uv light in the game you have this little timer and it just kind of dictates how long you can stay so it's like there's been multiple buildings i've gone through that are like three or four floors and i only have five minutes right now with like three or four upgrades um and so i'm just like okay how many more of these people can i can i kill and loot before i need to run and get out or use uh, an item to refill my immunity. So it's a, it's very kind of um, gosh, it's just,
1: it's almost like, it's like a SIM, like a life simulator thing where you need to keep track of your, you know, hunger and things. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. It's a little bit, got a little bit of the survival element to it. Um, But yeah, it's just the, the minute to minute during the night sequences. And when you're diving between buildings is, is, are, um, is just, it's very, exhilarating is the word like there's so many times it's like oh i really want to go lock pick this chest but i have like 40 seconds until i have to find a uv light or use an item so i do not have time to lock pick this chest which sometimes <laughs> if it's a hard chest that could take 20 30 seconds to lock pick on its own and mm-hmm. your timer does not stop while you're lock picking so keep moving <laughs> does that but yeah I, i'm liking it so far i'm just i'm really excited to see what the co-op looks like um and how it, how oh, it feels yeah. in co-op
1: does that feel too restrictive as a mechanic? Just because from like I, I get anxious yeah. with mechanics like that sometimes and, and wonder if it would be a worry, or does it feel like you can still get a decent chunk of stuff?
2: Oh, I still get I still manage to get through almost everything. There's a lot there's a good supply of items. If you're um you know, if you're helping like the different people in the world, sometimes they'll give you immunity boosters, which will restore like 80% of your immunity. So like gotcha. i have I have like six or seven of those in my inventory. So if I Get really low, like I just pop one of those and I add four or five minutes back to my timer, um, which is really nice. Um, so I don't think I don't feel like it's too strict. I think it's actually walking the line perfectly right now, um, cool. and it's only going to get better as you get further in the game because as you level up, your immunity levels raise, so you get more Total. time. So it'll be inter- it'll just depend on how deeper the the later dungeons, not dungeons, but like missions and stuff that you have to go into the, the darkness and for longer periods of time. Are balanced
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see how they they keep that balance up because you would assume they'd still want there to be like tension to that mechanic yes. 20 or 30 hours in but if you're super powerful is there a point to it at that at that point I'll be curious to see but um, yeah, the the full review is up on IGN for those who are interested in reading it as well. Uh, I guess a somewhat of a warning, J- though, Jada. I think you said you haven't had as huge an experience. Uh, there seem to be quite a few bugs uh, that are getting addressed in mm-hmm. release patches, but apparently pre-launch there have been quite a few. But you haven't had as buggy an experience, I think, as our review. No,
2: honestly, I've besides a few like NPCs clipping into each other and into me. Um, it's been really. It's been pretty much for the most part fine i haven't had any game crashes i haven't had any like weird load screens or anything like that um i was looking through like the list of bugs and i was like i haven't seen any of this so i'm like just fingers <laughs> crossed that i'm never gonna see any of this um but uh who know who knows we'll see time will it, tell.
3: It, so mitchell i i have been you know in my slack group with a few people that have been playing and i do know uh one of our other uh, editors Mitchell he he lost his save and now that the Oof. now that the, the day one patches out he just slacked and said like it did not fix it like his oh. PlayStation save is just done after 30 hours he's just locked and oh. then uh, one of our guide editors and one of the other people on our gameplay team—they both got stuck somewhere where the game was soft locked, right? Where it wasn't frozen, but they—they mm-hmm. they were stuck. So I guess what our guide writer did was, you know, he's like, "I'm not going to lose my 30 hours." It's Brendan Graber, so we all know he's a little, you know, he's 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 dedicated. And oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I guess something happened where he swam back to the island where he he like put him outside of the world, and he just. Swam back, but then now the zombies don't know if it's daytime or nighttime <laughs> uh,
2: you know like I have had a, I have, I, you know. now you bring that up I did have I have had a couple um, instances where the zombies like I go up to like do a takedown on somebody from behind and they're like there's no prompt for it and then I walk in front of the zombie and like the meter for like aggression fills up but then they just stand there like they're there but they're not there they're like ghost zombies. So it's kind of weird. I've had that kind of I've had that bug a few times, um, but overall, but yeah. Less hopefully, people me,
3: see less of this now yes. that the game is released.
2: Yeah, hopefully yeah I patches. saw that they, I saw Techland posted on Twitter because retail copies got out into the wild, yeah. and they were like begging people, like, "Hey, please do not play this game till Friday, till the day mm-hmm. one patch gets here, because we've been doing so much to fix a lot of things that you we don't <laughs> want to ruin the experience for you." Um, which is kind of sad that, you know, we have to wait on a day one patch for these types of things in gaming nowadays, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah, that's a, a strange one, but yeah, maybe... Well, we have to wait. Nobody we, else yes. does. Uh, yes, hopefully, so exactly. you're, if you're looking to pick it up, maybe see how the patches do with it just to be safe before you jump in, because uh, yep. often patches sometimes need patches when they're addressing a lot of bugs, but uh Yeah. Good, good to know about that one. Haven't had a chance to jump in, but hey, you know, at least February's late, so maybe I can try to stay <laughs> human throughout the rest of the month.
2: Um,
3: nice.
2: Not, sure. f- Not a I, chance. Not a chance. <laughs> I, I think
1: that's all we can really talk about for the moment that we're playing, uh, but yep. I thank you, Jada, for, for your input on, on it. And uh, yeah, I, I did want to mention before we go, because I realize we haven't gotten any in a while. If you have any questions for us or want to send in any you know questions or, or topics that you want to hear on the show, please write in to beyond at ign.com. I know I use that for memory card and please send in memory card stories as, le- as well as if you'd like. But uh, definitely would love to answer some listener questions here or there when we can. So please feel free to send those in beyond at IGN.com and we'll read them on the show. Uh, but I think with timing and everything, that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode. Uh, before we go, did want to mention um wonderful uh, family member of Beyond Max Goville has been doing a wonderful series of videos. Uh, Kit Bash creatures, I think, is the name of the series mm-hmm. as a whole. That's it. Uh, That's wanted it. To make sure I didn't botch it, even though I wrote it down. Uh, but they're a really, really awesome uh, series of things. If you don't follow Max on his like personal accounts, he is incredible at like uh, model building and and you know creating kits and creating unique ones. He'll often take sort of like a standard Jeep or something and turn it into a Dragon Ball uh, vehicle, just totally unexpectedly. He he's really really great with that stuff, and so he's been designing things based on popular gaming franchises and such and so he recently did one on bloodborne that was really really cool you should absolutely go check it out uh it's of the terrible spider who i have not yet fought but i hear is a wonderful fight absolutely just top tier everyone loves the spider absolutely uh but no you should go check that out max has been doing really really cool work with those uh they're on ign they're on ign's youtube channel go check them out they're really awesome to see uh other than that uh matt i'll start with you anything you want to plug
4: i'm working very hard on a thing that i hope everyone will see soon
3: very I
1: cool. Mark same or
3: Yeah like we we can't talk About a lot of the stuff we're doing right now so uh Fair enough. see you all in like two weeks
1: uh, uh, And then Jana correct me if I'm wrong but we is this uh, The week where we'll have a first Friday
2: uh, Yes we will have First Friday on uh, Instagram It's our IGN AMA So I will have you know Everybody here will be answering the question Matt <laughs> I'm just calling him out uh, I guess he hasn't done one yet uh, uh, but anyways, yes, I'm just, I'm just kidding with you. No, yeah, no, I, we, I want
4: to, I want to. Yeah, I just no, I know, we are all,
2: answer. we are all so busy, yeah, like yeah. I totally don't hold it against anybody who hasn't contributed or helped or answered a question. Um, it's, it's, there's so many questions and there's so much stuff that we're all doing, especially with how busy February is. February is the busiest month of the year. Somehow. It's the
1: November of 2022.
2: <laughs> it is, it's weird. Uh, um, but yeah, so we'll have that on Instagram. So submit your questions when that goes live uh, Friday morning, and we will uh, try to answer as many of those as possible.
1: Awesome. Uh, and then either by the time this episode is going live or shortly after, I'll have an op ed kind of about Sony's Bungie acquisition and, and things in that realm. So go check that out. Please go read that. Put a lot of words into my uh, Charlie Day Ask Pepe Sylvia conspiracy theory about what tony has been up to for the yes. past few years. Uh, so please go check that out but otherwise thank you so much for joining us for another episode of podcast beyond we air normally every wednesday you can find us on uh, IGN Games. i almost forgot how urls work for a second uh, sure. we're on all the podcast platforms out there in the the blogosphere as the kids say please uh if you're enjoying the show give it a like or the stars or whatever the platform tells you as a sign that you appreciate us we appreciate you as well and your time for tuning in uh, but that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm at J.M. Dornbush. Jada is at Jada underscore Rena. Mark is at Mark underscore Medina. And Matt is at Law of TD. Matt, you got to put in my, underscore. I,
4: gotta, I know. i got changed mine. I realized that. I've got to do I, all underscores. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
1: but otherwise, <laughs> thank you so much to the three of you for joining me for this episode. Thank you to Kate, our producer, for making it happen. And thank you to everyone out there for listening and watching as my voice goes away. We hope you're doing well. and We hope you're staying safe. And as always, beyond.
4: Beyond. Beyond. Above.
2: Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.